What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Got an absolutely loaded podcast for you. We're gonna. I'm gonna give you my thoughts on Quinn Snyder being the new head coach of the Atlanta Hawks, and then I'm gonna get into our NBA team tiers as we're nearing the end of the season. Playoffs right around the corner. Every team's got you know between 15 and 20 games left. It's really starting to heat up. Like I said, it's an absolutely loaded show for you today. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Quinn Snyder has officially been announced as the Atlanta Hawks' new head coach, and I'm super excited for this. Uh, I think he's a really good coach. Um, with that being said, don't blame the Utah Jazz for moving on from him. You know, they're obviously not looking to win now, to say the least. So, as I said, Quinn Snyder, new head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. He's on a five-year deal. The Hawks are currently the eighth seed in the East right now, and they need to be better defensively in order to improve just as a franchise in general. Um, but especially just to be better this year. And Quinn Snyder's definitely a head coach who can help them do that. So here is Quinn Snyder's resume for those of you who don't know. Serves as the head coach of the Utah Jazz most recently. His winning percentage is 59%. Led the Jazz to the playoffs in his last six seasons. Um, over his final six seasons, the Jazz were 294 and 150, 294 and 178, the third highest winning percentage in the NBA during that time, and the best in the Western Conference during that span. So here is why I'm excited for Quinn Snyder to be the new head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. I believe he's going to elevate this team. Okay, He probably won't have enough time to do it this year, right? as I said in the, in the open, only 15 to 20 games left. I think it's going to take him a little bit of time to really put his handprint on this team and on this roster. But next year, they're going to be much better coached. You're going to be able to tell almost immediately. Okay, Over his eight seasons with the Jazz, the Jazz allowed the fewest points per game at 102. They gave up the fifth lowest field goal percentage at just over or just under 45%, and the 10th lowest three-point percentage at 36%. In addition to that, they were fifth in rebounding. Now look, I know what you're thinking. Jonathan, they had Rudy Gobert who is a very good regular season center, especially defensively protecting the rim. He's a large part of why they were so good defensively. I would say you're right, without a doubt. Rudy Gobert played a huge role in that. But here's the thing. You're not ranked number one in anything, especially defensively in the NBA, because when we talk about basketball being a team sport, that is directly applied to defense. You are never number one in a single category defensively in the NBA simply because of one person. Now, can one person like Giannis or Rudy Gobert elevate you? Of course, without a doubt. But even if the Jazz didn't have Rudy Gobert, they still would have been good defensively. I firmly believe that, especially on the perimeter. Like the 10th lowest in three-point percentage, that has nothing to do with, with Rudy Gobert. Okay, sorry, it just doesn't. Offensively. Utah ranked fifth in three goal in three point field goal percentage and sixth in three point field goal attempts per game. Okay, Snyder is going to put in this system in Atlanta, built around the three point line. They're going to shoot a lot of threes and they're going to defend the three at a high level. You could argue that you could argue that those are the two most important things to do in the NBA right now. Plus, they have a guy in Trey Young who offensively excels at finding shooters. Okay, he's one of the best distributors 
in basketball, and obviously we know what Trey Young can do in terms of his ability to shoot the ball. Okay, the question is going to be, how is Quinn Snyder going to create a defense that makes up for Trey Young's lack of defensive ability due to his size? That's really the question. That is the biggest piece of the puzzle that Snyder's going to have to figure out if this team is going to be good enough to win a championship at some point. Now, we can talk about the roster and things like that. You know, they're probably going to rebuild at least a little bit. We know that they've been looking to move Collins for the past couple years. I like Clint Capella, but we'll see what they end up doing because they need some sort of rim protector behind Trey Young. They need a couple wings who can really get out and defend on the perimeter as well just to kind of make up for Trey Young and, and the deficiencies that he has defensively. But, yeah, all in all, I really like this hire. I think he's going to be a good fit. He's been in Atlanta before. He was there for a year when he was coaching with um, Mike Budenholzer, the head coach of the Bucks now. So he's been in Atlanta. He knows what it's like. He knows the expectations. He knows the city. He knows what fans want. And I believe that he's going to be able to deliver because he's just simply a very good coach. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with our NBA team tiers. NBA team tiers, we're going to start at the bottom, work our way up. I'm going to tell you the things that I like about these teams, not necessarily what I don't like, um, especially early on. I'm just going to try and be as positive as possible when talking about this opening tier. Tanking for Wimbam Yana, right? Because that's what some of these teams are doing, especially at this point in the season. And I think the team that there is no secret, they are tanking very, very hard, is the San Antonio Spurs, okay? And I think really the only thing to like about this San Antonio Spurs team, they have Greg Popovich. Okay, they traded away all their other guys. Devontae Murray was traded away. They traded away Jacob Poltzel to the Raptors. And outside of that, you know, they've got a couple guys here and there who you're like, okay, I guess I like them. I don't really know because they've only won 14 games this year. I don't know who I like on this roster because they're so bad. Maybe that means I shouldn't like anybody on this roster. But yeah, um, the only thing that the Spurs have going for them is that as of right now, they have the worst record in the NBA and so, therefore, they'll have the highest odds to grab that number one overall pick. I'll be honest. I, I hope that they don't get it because they're, they're trying to lose games. And if you try to lose games, you don't deserve the number one overall pick at all. Moving on, I have the Rockets in this group as well. I actually kind of like this roster. They are insanely young, but they really lack structure, okay? It's a team full of guys who are, you know, un- like younger than me, okay? I'm 23. Okay, it's full of these young guys. And they have a head coach in Steven Silas who hasn't done anything to create any kind of culture, to create any kind of structure. So when you turn on a Houston Rockets game, it's a whole bunch of guys playing one-on-one while Jabari Smith just kind of stands in the corner and watches. Okay, it's a real issue. I would move on from Silas. Uh, I would trade Kevin Porter Jr. as well. There have been reports that he's just a locker room cancer who's really kind of ruining the culture there. One or the other, why not do both? Why not fire Silas and move off of Kevin Porter Jr.? Especially when you know that you want Jalen Green to be your point guard of the future. I don't know why you have a guy like Kevin Porter Jr. in that locker room if he's as difficult as what everybody is saying. Obviously, we like Jabari Smith Jr. He's a 3 and D guy already at this young age. He's only going to get better if he can develop a handle. He's going to be a real legit scorer in the NBA. These are things that people know. These are things that people know. Moving on, we have the Detroit Pistons who have one of the best young cores in the NBA. Here's here's a list of guys that they have that are under the age of 23. Cade Cunningham, who's missed most of the season. Marvin Bagley. James Wiseman, who I'm still holding out hope for. Jay Nivey, who's averaging 15 points a game as a rookie. Jalen Duran, a, a first-round pick from this year. 
RJ Hampton, Killian Hayes, who I'm still holding out hope for, and Isaiah Stewart. Like these are that's eight guys, I believe, all under the age of 23, all getting significant minutes and legitimately contributing. Okay, like not just taking up space on the floor, but they all seem to do something productive. And so I really like this Detroit team. Um, they're headed in a good direction, and they could potentially land Wim Wim Yon. I mean, or or Scooter Henderson. Like this this team is going to be so loaded with young talent next year. It's going to be really insane. On top of that, um, they still have um, Boyan Bogdanovich, a guy who they can trade in the offseason. Who's thirty three? Probably isn't going to be around when this team fully develops and all these young guys really kind of solidify themselves. So that's a guy who you can trade. You know, to maybe make a move up in the draft, maybe to grab a few role players, maybe you want to move some of these younger guys with him. I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting. They're in a very very good spot in terms of building their roster and what they want to do going forward. The last team I have here in this tier, the Charlotte Hornets. They have Lamelo. That's it. I mean, I I like Mark Andrews, but James Booknight, their first round pick from a couple years ago, looks like a bust. He's not playing at all. And they're going to move Gordon Hayward at some point, I would assume. But he's not really worth all that much, especially with all the injuries. Now, if I could be any team in this tier, I think, you know, pretty obvious. The Pistons, not too, too hard to figure out. These are the teams tanking for Wimpy. Moving on, I have two teams in my next tier. Need to blow it up, but won't. That is the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Portland Trailblazers. Let's start with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just admit it, okay? Rudy Gobert was a mistake. Simple as that. Making the trade for Rudy Gobert was a mistake. It's one of the worst trades that we've seen in a long time. Okay? Trade Rudy Gobert again. Okay, you're, you're going to get pennies on the dollar for what you gave up. You are. But guess what? It doesn't matter. His stock is not going to go up because players like him do not fit in the NBA today. Okay? You paid Danny Ainge to take your money. Okay? You did. All right, get over it, move on. It's embarrassing, I know. You don't want to admit that you're wrong, Minnesota, but you are. Okay, and what I'm doing now is I'm begging you, begging you, do not waste four or five years of Anthony Edwards, this guy who looks like he's going to be great, a guy who can score, a guy who can shoot. Do not waste four or five years of his career because you don't want to swallow your pride and prove that you were right about Rudy Gobert. Do not do it. Do not do that to NBA fans. Don't do that to your franchise. Don't do it. On top of that, I would trade um, Cat as well if I was Minnesota. Clean the slate. Okay, let's just go all in on Anthony Edwards, developing him as a scorer and a playmaker, and then let's bring in guys who can really lift him up. That's what I would do if I was Minnesota. They need to blow it up. They won't because they're too prideful and they don't want to admit that they were wrong. But that's what they need to do so that they don't waste Anthony Edwards. And they don't make him want to leave. Like, look, Anthony Edwards isn't dumb. Like, there's a reason why he doesn't pass Rudy Gobert the ball. There's a reason for that. And it's because he knows that Rudy Gobert, is, he, he can't play offensively. And defensively, when you get to the playoffs, he's a liability. I just, ugh. Move on, Minnesota. Admit that you were wrong and save yourself four or five years of terrible basketball. The other team, the Portland Trailblazers. Let's talk about the guy who scored 72 points last night. Damian Lillard, trade him. Please, Portland. Okay, it's in everybody's best interest, including your own. 
I know that Damian Lillard wants to stay, but he's 32 years old. Okay, and look, Portland, you're in Portland. Okay, this isn't exactly a place that attracts free agents. Okay, it's cold, it snows, the coffee shops are cool, but that isn't what attracts NBA players, sadly. So you have to build through the draft, okay? And they drafted a guy that's last year in Shady Sharp that I really like, Anthony Simons, that's a really good player as well. But here's the thing, by the time you draft and develop the talent that you want to put around Damian Lillard, first of all, the chances that you hit on every single draft pick are not very high. On top of that, the time that it's going to take for you to draft and develop a, st- a second star to put beside Damian Lillard, first of all, for him to be a good enough number two option in order for y'all to compete for an NBA Finals immediately, not very high. On top of that, Damian Lillard's going to be 35 at the youngest by the time you're able to draft and develop another star. And here's the thing, Damian Lillard, he's a small guard. Small guards decline quickly. That's just that's just the reality of the world that we live in, okay? Damian Lillard, he can still play now, but we don't know what he's going to look like in three years, okay? Portland, you need to trade him to set yourself up for the future because he would go for so many first-round picks. Golly. I mean, he's one of the best point guards in the league, like, without a doubt. I don't think it's really close. Like, I think everybody knows that. This is not some crazy take that Damian Lillard is an absolute bucket who knows how to get his teammates involved, okay? Trade him. Take all the first-round picks that you can get, okay? Because all that Damian Lillard's doing right now is wasting his career on a team that isn't going to compete for championships and is not allowing the Portland Trailblazers to tank and get another legit star to put alongside him, or to, just to, to build their franchise around. Okay, it, it would be a win-win if Portland moved him, but at the end of the day, he doesn't want to leave for whatever reason. You know, may, Maybe he's scared to go win. Maybe he's scared of the expectations that come with being on a contender. I don't know. I don't know why Damian Lillard seems so content to you know retire with one Western Conference Finals appearance, and that's it. I don't know why, but it's frustrating. Portland, trade Damian Lillard. Golly. Moving on, my next tier. The, the middle schoolers. That's what I'm calling this group. And by that, I mean, like, they're in this very awkward phase just like middle school is because you're kind of like transitioning between being a child and being like a young adult. They're in this awkward phase of, should we blow it up? Should we just scrap it, go back to the drawing board, see what we can do, or are we really just like one piece away? That is what this tier is. The Chicago Bulls are the absolute definition of this tier. DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine are both good players, but let's let's just be honest. If those are your two best players, you are not good enough to win a championship. Simple as that. Okay, they've got some decent young players. I like Patrick Williams. I like Ao. I'm gonna butcher this. Ao, Dasunmu, the guard out of Illinois. I like Colby White. And if they traded Demar Derozan and Zach Levine, they get a pretty decent return. They would. I would blow it up. You know, this has been you know an experience, an experiment that's been going on for the past three or four years now. It hasn't worked, you know, like they started really, really hot last year, but became pretty apparent pretty quickly that they were unable to beat the top-tier teams. We saw that in their record, and then we saw that again in the playoffs. So if I was the Bulls, I would move on, you know, develop Williams, develop AO, and develop Kobe White, and see, look, like you're in Chicago. Like this is the place where free agents want to come and play, and maybe that's why they are reluctant to try and move on. 
But at the same time, like, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine aren't cheap. I, I would move off and go try and draft a guy this next year and then sign a big-name free agent. Because like I said, it's Chicago. That's a place where people want to play. It's not Portland, you know? Next on my list here, the Toronto Raptors. Very, very similar boat, I think. They've got Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet. Jacob Pelletzel has been a really good addition for them since coming over from San Antonio. They've got some good role players, but they lack a legit star like Kawhi Leonard, a legit star that they had when they won the NBA Finals in 2019. Like, I like Pascal Siakam, but he's a two. I like Fred Fred Van Fleet, but if he's your best offensive player, which he's not, he's their second-best offensive player, but if he's one of your two best offensive players, you're not going to win championships. You're just not. Okay, like, Van Fleet has to be your third-best option on offense. Simple as that. Uh, it looked like they were going to try and tear things down, like, you know, OG Ananobi was on the block, Van Fleet was on the block. They didn't trade either one of them. They ended up trading for Puelzel, who's, like, who's a good player. You know, like, they're definitely better now than they were before the trade deadline, but, you know, they're stuck in this area of we're not good enough to win a championship, but we don't suck enough to get a really good draft pick, and that's kind of where all these teams are living right now. And so, if I was Toronto, I would blow it up. I would. I think that they get a really good return. I like Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to develop into a really good player. Like, build around that guy. He's your next centerpiece. Move off of Siakam, Van Fleet, and just kind of see what you can do with Scotty Barnes going forward. Next, we've got the Lakers. I have them in this tier as well. And this this team is so interesting because I, I thought I knew what to do with them last night or two days ago whenever I made the list, and then I, I sat down I watched them play the Mavs yesterday, and the Mavs are awful defensively. We saw that yesterday, but the Mavs team is still good. Like They're the sixth seed in the West. They've got Kyrie. They've got Luka. They can, they can really score. So I, I don't really know what to do with this Lakers team after that. But here's here are the things that we know. We know that they have a small window with LeBron James. Okay, They have this year. They have next year. And then there's a legit chance that Bronny's going to be one and done and so then LeBron will demand a trade. Who knows how good he'll be at that point because he'll be 40. Maybe he'll be just as good as he is now. Maybe he'll be awful. Maybe he'll be like Udonis Haslam playing like two minutes every 10 games. I, I highly doubt that, but we don't know what the future holds, right? So it's very interesting to kind of see what they're going to do here, right? Because when they're right and when Anthony Davis is clicking and he's healthy and he's able to do incredible things both offensively and defensively, like this is a really good Lakers team. Okay, they've done a good job of kind of revamping through the trade deadline. They've added some shooting. They've added some defenders. But here's the thing. like You have to ask this question, and I think that the answer to this question is no. Are they better than Phoenix? I don't think so. Are they better than Boston? No. Are they better than Milwaukee? Definitely not. Are they better than Denver? I don't, I don't think they are. Are they better than Memphis, potentially? Are they better than Philly? I don't know. I don't know. Are they better than Golden State? I don't I don't think they are. Right? Like like maybe they're better than Golden State and Memphis. Maybe. But I don't think they're better than Boston, Denver, Milwaukee, or Phoenix. And that's just the very simple truth. And so you're stuck in this idea of do we trade LeBron at some point before Bronny shows up, just so we can get a little bit more for him. Right, because whenever Bronny comes into the NBA and whoever drafts him, like they know that they're getting LeBron. Like that is like that's set in stone. Everybody knows that that's what's going to happen. So when you trade LeBron, you're not going to get nearly whatever he's worth at the time. On top of that, he's going to be two years older, and so 
he won't be as good. Like, do you just trade him now in the offseason? You know, send him back to Cleveland, let him, you know, chase a ring with those young guys? Like, what do you do if you're the Lakers? It's really interesting. I'm very intrigued to see what they do going forward. Moving on. The Utah Jazz. This team is just, it's so funny. Because you know Danny Ainge wants to tank. Danny Ainge wants to lose every single game that they play so that they can use these draft picks and draft, you know, the next Jason Tatum for Danny Ainge because that's the last draft pick that he really, really hit on. And Jalen Brown, right? He wants to draft his next superstars to build his team around. But they have Laurie Markkinen and Walker Kessler who are just like, nah, we're going to win just enough where we're not contenders, but we're not going to lose enough to be able to go and get, you know, Scooter Henderson or anybody like that. And so it's going to be interesting to see what Utah does going forward. Like, could they move Markkinen in the offseason? I don't I don't think they will, but look, I'm not going to put anything past Danny Ainge. That man will do just about anything. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how they navigate that going forward, but they've got some really good young talent there. They're a lot of fun. It'll just be interesting to see what they do with Markkinen going forward. Up next, we got the Wizards. They've got a few good players, Porzingis, Kuzma, Bradley Beal. But let's just be honest, they they need to blow it up, okay? They've kind of lived in this, we want to play in the play-in game area for a long time, way, way longer than most teams do. And, look, I would move Bradley Beal. Look, Portland would take him, send him to Portland, take Shaden Sharp or Anthony Simons, and see what happens. That's what I would do, something along those lines. Um, but they, they, they need to move Beal. They just need to move into a place where they can develop young talent. And as long as they have guys like Bradley Beal and Kyle Kuzma and Porzingis, who are good players, that demand the basketball on offense, it's going to be really hard for them to do that. So if I was the Wizards, it's it's past time to blow it up. Finally, the Atlanta Hawks. They hired Quinn Snyder, as, as we talked about in the open, but they still need help defensively to be any good. Like, we know John Collins has been on the trading block. I like the addition of Sadiq Bey at, at the trade trade deadline. Young guy who can kind of score, averaging, you know, around 15 points a game. But they don't need more scoring. They need guys on the wing who can defend, and they need guards who can defend. Simple as that. Um, yeah, so that's that's my middle schoolers tier, if I could be any of these teams right now. I don't know who I'd want to be. Probably Toronto, just because I trust them and their GM, and we know that Nick Nurse is a really good coach. So probably them, maybe Utah, just because they have Danny Ainge. One of those two teams I think is who I, I would want to be right now. Moving on to the next tier, middle-class dads. These are teams with solid positioning, very consistent, very like middle-class family. That's that's kind of that's, that's kind of what I'm going for here. So so the Miami Heat, they need a legit star. Okay, I really flirted with putting them in the middle school class, but I think that they are a legit star away from being able to win a title. And so I went ahead and I and I put them here. I love Jimmy Butler, but they need more scoring. Okay, and this is a team littered with undrafted guys, which is cool. But they need a legit star to put alongside Jimmy Butler. Okay, I like Bam Adebayo. I do. I like Tyler Hero. I do. But Tyler Hero is he's a scorer. That's it. He doesn't create shots and opportunities for other players. Bam Adebayo, just, he doesn't have a big enough impact on offense. Like I know that he's kind of a creator, but at the same time, like there's no, there's no punch with him on the floor. They need a second legit scorer to put beside Jimmy Butler just to help handle the offensive load. Next, I've got the Knicks, 
which is insane that I have the Knicks in this category. They're in a very similar boat to Miami. Simple as that. Okay, they're a legit superstar away from being able to compete for championships. Brunson has been really good for them this year. Julius Randle is way better than he was last year. Not quite as good as he was two years ago, but much more consistent this year than he was last year. And yet they're, like, just imagine if they had Kevin Durant right now. They, I, they'd be really good. You know, like, would they be better than Milwaukee or Boston? I don't know. But they'd be really good, okay? Like, New York is finally appealing again. Simple as that. I'm excited to kind of see what they do going forward. They've, they've got some cap space. Hopefully they can go out and drop a bag and grab somebody worth their while. Next in this list, I've got, I've got the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I, I hate that I had to put them here. I wanted to put them higher. I wanted to put them in one of my upper tiers. I love this team. Okay, If they had more experience, I would have put them in my title contender tier, which we're going to come up on here, here in a bit. Donovan Mitchell's been great. I love Khalil Garland. I love Jared Allen and, and Mobley. Okay, Those two guys are what make the engine go defensively. Okay, Their athleticism allows them to do so many different things on defense. It is so much fun to watch. I love this Cleveland team. Absolutely love them. Okay, I can tell you right now, if I could be any team in this tier, it, it would be Cleveland. I'm telling you right now. Moving on, the Brooklyn Nets I have in this tier, which I know is going to be interesting to people. Probably like, why? They don't have any stars. It's literally all wing defenders and 3 and D guys. Right? Which is very true. But here's the thing. Because of the insane amount of wing defenders that they have, the most important defensive need in the NBA, right? Like, the thing that everybody needs, okay? Wing defenders. Because they have so many of them, they're going to have so many opportunities to move guys and trade for picks and trade for players and do all these different things. On top of that, they're they're in a decent position to build for their future because they still have a lot of their picks. They have Phoenix's picks. And they have a guy in Macau Bridges who's going to be able to develop offensively since the only other scorer on the roster is really Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay, so they're in a place to, to develop a young talent, and they have what everybody in the NBA wants and needs, so they can then take those assets, trade them away, and receive picks and players for them. I really like where the, the Nets are at. They're also scrappy. I just I, I think they're fun. You know, they're going to have nights where, where they don't score enough offensively, but defensively, like, they can get after you. Moving on, uh, I've got the Dallas Mavericks here. Uh, you know, the team with the best backcourts in the NBA. But they can't defend, and Jason Kidd is an average coach at best, and you're not going to win an NBA title if you don't have a good coach and you can't play defense. Simple as that. But they will always remain in this category as long as they have Luka Doncic. Simple as that. Like He, he just he makes them that good. Okay, like Everybody knows this. I don't need to harp on it. Okay, But in order for them to take a step forward, they need to add a wing defender, they need to add a rim protector, and they need to fire Jason Kidd. Simple as that. That's that's the best way forward for the Dallas Mavericks. Moving on to the Sacramento Kings. I I really struggled with this. Because I, I think part of why I don't fully believe in the Kings is because they're the Kings. They're great offensively. They can shoot. They got bucket getters all over the floor. De'Aaron Fox can get a bucket. Malik Monk can get a bucket. DeMontis Sabonis can get a bucket. Okay, they do struggle defensively though, and that's what I'm. That's why I'm going to say I don't have them higher in, in in a higher tier. 
Okay, like they need you know a wing defender. They need a rim protector, especially since Sabonis defensively is not very good. You know, if they can add those two things, like I think I'll like them a lot more. They got a lot of these guys under contract for the next couple of years, so they're gonna have opportunities to add those pieces. But yeah, the Kings—they're fun. They're good. Um, they got flexed into international television here. I think that's coming up here relatively soon, and like they should be because they're the three seed in the West and they score a lot of points. They're a lot of fun to watch. Moving on, I've got the Oklahoma City Thunder in this category as well. Um, they're the best young core in the league, I think. They just have to develop. SGA has been awesome this year. You know, a very well-deserved all-star. Isaiah Joe has really emerged for them with his ability to shoot the basketball. I like Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. I like Josh Giddy. I like Jalen Williams out of Arkansas. Like, they just have a lot of really young guys that I like, and they're going to add Chet Holmgren this next year. And they're going to get to draft even more players. Like, this this Thunder team, man, like, they are sitting very, very pretty. Moving on to the Pelicans, they have a lot of talent. Simple as that. Okay, like, when, but here's the thing. When Zion Williamson doesn't play, they're a good team. But when he does play, they are a great team. And so the question is, is he going to stay healthy? That's really the only question surrounding the Pelicans. Moving on to the Orlando Magic. I think they have the second-best young core in the NBA. I really like Paulo Bancaro. I think he's really good. He's going to win the Rookie of the Year, and he should. Uh, Franz Wagner can play. Wendell Carter Jr., I like him as well. Markel Fultz, people forget. He's the number one overall pick. I know we think he's a bust, but he's a really good player. I like him. Okay, He, he does a lot for that for this Magic team. Bol Bol, he's a lot of fun. Jalen Suggs defensively, great. Not great, but really cares, can really play defense at the NBA level. You know, they just got to keep developing their guys. Jonathan Isaac's back as well. It's another guy who can really defend and shoot. So I like the Magic. They're in a good place. They just have to continue to to develop these guys. Finally, my last team in this tier, the Indiana Pacers. I like their young core as well. Uh, Rick Carlisle can flat out coach. That's another reason why I like this team. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Miles Turner, they've all looked really good this year. They've all... Obviously, excluding Matherin, but Turner and Halliburton have both gotten better this year than they were last year. They've really improved. Um, Matherin's going to continue to get better. Just the more reps that he gets, he's just a natural scorer. I really like this Pacers team. My second to last tier, I have what I'm going to call my delusional contenders. Okay, the Los Angeles Clippers lead off this tier. When you're calling on Russell Westbrook to be an important contributor on your team this late in the year, you are not a contender. Simple as that. Okay, Kawhi Leonard has struggled to stay healthy. It was really good to see him play last night after playing a whole bunch of minutes against the Kings, obviously. That shows that he's in better health than normal. Paul George hasn't been a good playoff performer since he was in Indiana. I, I just I have no faith in this team. None whatsoever. That and on top of that, they're the Clippers. Sorry. I I just I'm not I'm not going to put any faith in them. I think that they're fake contenders. You know, people can go on TV and on different podcasts and different radio shows and say how much they like the Clippers and Ty Lue and and all this stuff. No, like, let's just let's be very honest about this. They're not better than Phoenix. They're not better than Denver. They're not better than Boston. They're not better, they're not better than Milwaukee. They aren't better than Philly. That's five teams right off the rip that are better than them. Okay, I, I do not believe in this team. Okay, it wouldn't surprise me if they got bounced in the first round. I have no faith, no faith in the Los Angeles Clippers. The Memphis Grizzlies, they can't score in the half court. Delusional contenders, okay? 
Their ability to score is built entirely off of their uh, it's entirely built off of transition offense. Okay? They use their speed and their athleticism in the open floor and they score a whole bunch of points and as everybody knows in the playoffs, it slows down. The game slows down. You have to be able to execute in the half court and they don't do that consistently enough to win an NBA title. Okay? And that's why they got beat by Golden State last year. They weren't good enough in the half court offensively. And look, it's going to happen to them again this year. If, if they play Golden State in the first round, they will not beat Golden State. I'm telling you right now. They are not good enough in the half court offensively to beat these teams that actually know how to play defense. Finally, my last team in this tier. The Philadelphia 76ers. I'm going to get some pushback on this one. That's fine. I don't believe that you can win a championship in 2023 if your best player parks himself in the paint the majority of the game. And then you pair that with a guy in James Harden who hasn't had the most playoff success. I just don't like your chances. Simple as that. If your best player is a center who can't play make, I I don't believe in you. But that being said, like Joel Embiid's gotten better at passing out of doubles and knowing where the double's coming from and doing things like that. But he, he doesn't elevate guys like Jokic does. Simple as that. My final my final category here, my legit contenders. Start let's start with the Boston Celtics because I think, you know, everybody kind of knows that they're they're in this category. Brown and Tatum, both awesome. Okay, this team's deep. So many guys who can do multiple things with two stars who've proven that that they can get you to the NBA finals. It's really hard to not like them. I think I think everybody likes them. Okay, and because of that, let's let's move on. The Phoenix Suns. Booker, Durant are going to be lethal offensively. They're interchangeable because of their abilities to spot shoot. Uh, The Suns have three guys now who can score two points whenever they want between Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and and Kevin Durant. Okay, Now, they are losing Bridges and Johnson, which is a much bigger deal than I think people have have made it out to be. Like It's going to be interesting to see how they adjust defensively because those, those are two of their better defenders. They don't have Jay Crowder anymore either. He's in Milwaukee. Like... It's going to be very interesting just to kind of see what Phoenix does defensively to make up for losing these guys. Up next, we've got the Milwaukee Bucks. This one's obvious. They have Giannis, and Drew Holiday is playing some of the best basketball of his career right now. Chris Middleton's slowly getting back into it. He's only played 19 games this year, but by the time the playoffs come around, I think he'll be ready. Um, Giannis, he's start right now, but he's listed as day-to-day. He should be ready for the playoffs. Milwaukee, really scary. I mean, it's going to be them in Boston. It's going to be them in Boston. I think everybody kind of knows that. Two more teams here. I've got the Nuggets. I love the Nuggets. Love watching them play. Jokic is the MVP. I did a thing on that last week. They have shooters. A lot of guys who can shoot the ball. Jamal Jamal Murray looks better and better. Over his last 10 games, he's averaging 27-7-4. He's starting to turn a corner. And if he turns that corner, Denver's going to be tough to deal with. They're going to be so tough to deal with. Love that team. Offensively, they've got guys who, who can defend now as well. Aaron Gordon's been awesome for them this year, being that lead defender. They're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun. Finally, my last team here, the Golden State Warriors. They won it all last year. They're the defending champs. I'm not betting against them. Steph Curry should be coming back soon. And when he plays, their offense is really good. Okay? And honestly, this stint of Curry and Wiggins and Green and all these guys being out might have been the best thing for them. 
Because Clay Thompson now gets to take a whole bunch of shots and find his rhythm. I mean, look, he scored, you know, 74 points in his last two games. And it was, yeah, yeah, because he had 42 and then 32. I can do math. <laughs> and, like, that's huge for them. Clay Thompson, so much better this year than he was last year on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, I, I, I had to leave them in here. Okay, they're, they're, they're currently the seventh seed. They're probably going to overtake Dallas here at some point and be the sixth seed without Steph Curry really even playing. Like, like, how do you not like this team? How do you not include this team on your list of teams that, that can win a title? Okay, like, I like them more than L.A. I like them more than Dallas. I like them more than every other team that I mentioned. Like, this, this Golden State team, nobody's talking about them. Everybody is on Denver. Everybody's on Philadelphia and Boston, Milwaukee. And, oh, my goodness, the Phoenix Suns just got Kevin Durant. How are teams going to compete? How, how are they going to do it? Well, Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, guys who have been there before, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Okay, we're, we're going to look up here in a few weeks, and everybody's going to be upset because Golden State's in another Western Conference Finals. How? How is Golden State doing this again? People are going to be so upset. And then they're going to go, they're going to play Boston or... Milwaukee or whoever it is, and they're gonna make it a tough series. And I'll be honest, like I don't know if I'm gonna bet against them in that series either. I mean, they just they just figure out a way. It is so impressive. Steve Kerr just does such a good job with that team and adjusting. It's incredible. It's incredible. So that's gonna do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. Thirty five minutes, all me. That's that's impressive. Just saying. Just saying. We do this over here. So, big update for the pod before I go. Uh, I believe I found a co-host. His name's Eddie Garrison. Super excited to get him on here. Potentially tomorrow. He's got he's got some other things he's got to do. So, he may not be here tomorrow. There may be a pod tomorrow. There may not. But the next podcast that you hear, Eddie Garrison will hopefully be on it. So, that's going to do it here. I shoot in the Schmidt. Once again, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Like, subscribe, share. Send it to all your friends. Uh, I I would really appreciate that. So I hope you guys have a good day, and I'll talk to you all again either tomorrow, Wednesday, or Thursday. 